Welcome to episode one of the Imperfect Path podcast. In today's episode, we are going to explore the things high performers wish they would have known sooner and how we can implement them in our own lives. I am your host, Aaron Myers, broadcasting from Gig Harbor, Washington. Welcome to the Imperfect Path. What's going on, guys? I hope you had a good Christmas. I am recording this on December 27th. I recorded a handful of episodes previous to this, but they all ended up so bad that I decided to just try and do a fresh one. I kind of accepted the fact that I was going to suck at all this in the beginning. It's really difficult to talk on the mic without sounding like a robot or sounding boring. Like with anything, this is going to take practice until I can get it right and not feel super self-conscious and uncomfortable, but this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. I think that the medium is a really cool platform to share ideas and build a little community around common values and network. So here I am trying to do something. And leading up to creating this podcast and recording this episode, I read a lot of books by successful business people, entrepreneurs, high performers. And I was in search of the common thread or the common threads that could be found throughout the lives of all these people. And one commonality that came up in all these books without fail was the necessity of having a solid morning routine. And all those routines involved some type of exercise, some type of prayer or meditation, affirmations, gratitude practice, and some type of journaling or writing. And while trying to develop my own morning routine, I came across this book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And it pretty much spells out why having a morning routine is important and how to develop one of your own. Mine consisted of waking up and within 10 minutes of waking up, I went to my home gym got a workout in for an hour. After that, I went straight to coffee and doing a devotional, one that was biblical and one that was more secular called The uh, the Daily Laws, and that one's by Robert Greene. And then I took 30 minutes to write and journal. And I did things like... I, finish, I always finish it off with a gratitude practice just to get my mindset right once I'm done with the writing. But it usually starts off by me exploring things that are on my mind, that are bothering me, things that are stressing me out. And I tell you, it's a really good way to kind of get all that stuff out of your head because when you are able to articulate it down on paper and look at it for what it is, it becomes a little bit less scary, a little bit less overwhelming. I think that journaling is just an incredible way to really clear out all the debris that's bouncing around in your head that you don't really realize is. Um, weighing you down. And the hardest part of the practice was setting an alarm to get up early. And for me, early looked like six o'clock. That was about an hour and a half, two hours before the rest of my family got up. So I was able to do all my morning routine in the quiet and stillness of the morning before the sun was up. And by the time my family got up and moving and came downstairs, I was already in a really good positive mood. That was one of the very first things I noticed. And it set up a positive tone for the rest of my day. It was awesome. But also, I hate waking up early in the morning. So part of me wishes that it wouldn't have been so effective and helpful. 
because nobody wants to get up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. But I will say the fact that I had explicitly written out what I was going to do as soon as I woke up made it much easier to get through the morning without even noticing how tired I was. Especially once you get your workout in, you've pretty much shaken the sleep off from the night before and you're good to go. It's just that initial discipline to get up and get into the gym and start hitting it. That is where the that's where the resistance is. So I would highly recommend reading the book, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. It was an absolute game changer for me, and it's going to be a practice that I continue on with. Anyway, let's shift gears. Uh, I wanted this episode to cover some life lessons and some pieces of wisdom that I wish I would have had earlier on in my life, or maybe not had but understood earlier on in life and grasped in a real way, because I think that all the things presented, we all recognize as kind of being intuitively true, but it's always good to have a good reminder as to why they are worthy virtues to live by. And I did a lot of brainstorming on trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to talk about, but I also put out a question over social media and talked to some people in my own life who pretty much I posed the question of like, what is something that you would tell your younger self if you could talk to that person? And a lot of the answers were super similar. And so I tried to distill that down and at least get to the spirit of each one of those um, that I found we're at the top of the list. And so the first one I want to talk about is you need to speak the truth. And sometimes the truth is something that's hard to pin down, but at the very least, don't lie. And that can be kind of extrapolated out into saying things like, don't say things that you don't mean, and don't go along with things that you don't agree with. And I will say, by living this way, you are going to make mistakes. You are going to say things that you no longer believe to be true. You are going to potentially invite confrontation in because you're no longer going to be passively going along with things that people say or behaving in a way that is going along to get along, so to speak. But with those things in consideration, it's still better than the alternative of living passively and not speaking what you know to be true for the sake of keeping other people comfortable. And you kind of have to have a barometer for when certain things are appropriate to say and when it's not going to be productive. But by not speaking the truth, you are allowing yourself to be bullied around by other people, and that is not a good way to live. And the inverse, by putting that foot forward and speaking the truth steadfastly, you're putting forth the strongest and most authentic version of yourself. You are going to have to face the criticism and the deconstruction of things that you put out there as being true, but I would identify that as a good thing because by dealing with those criticisms and people deconstructing your worldview or your view on a given topic, you are forced to try to articulate your stance, and if you can't, you get the opportunity to do a reassessing of your stance on a given topic. And during the course of that reassessing, you're either going to bolster your argument more and actually have a better understanding of why you believe what you believe, or you might realize that you were, in fact, wrong about where you stood, and you make those adjustments where applicable. And 
in that way, you're still in pursuit of the truth. And I say this as someone whose default is trying to be a people pleaser and keep the peace and have had a number of instances where I went along with things I didn't agree with or I said things that I didn't necessarily mean or believe just to not cause waves and deal with the confrontation that I knew was going to take place at that time. But when I started to recognize that behavior and actually speak the truth when it was difficult to do so, my life got so much better and I felt more confident in myself. I felt stronger as an individual and I felt like I was putting forward a more authentic version of myself. Which leads me to the second point that I wanted to talk about, which is don't be held hostage by the opinions of other people. And I took this verbiage from my mom, but the sentiment was something that was echoed by other people that I posed the initial question to. And I suppose it is related to the first point because, I mean, if you're overly concerned with the opinions of other people or seeking their approval and acceptance, you're never going to truly live your own life. You're living the life of other people because you are basing your behavior solely on the opinions of other people instead of doing what you believe to be a correct way to live a fulfilling life. And an example of doing things the correct way would be like my brother Alec. We grew up in a family who, especially my mom, was very much about us going to college. He decided that that was not for him and totally blazed his own path. He went into the trades right after high school, ended up making an awesome wage, bought himself a house real young. He accomplished all the things that either directly or indirectly we were told required college in order to accomplish it. And that might seem kind of inconsequential, but both parental and familial pressure is just about the most impactful pressure to enforce conformity there is. So if you can get past that, you're already steps ahead of most people, and you'll realize there are a lot of different routes to achieving your goals, and the opinions that are coming from people about how you should live your life, often those people have goals that aren't directly related to the things that you find important in life. So their goals are not your goals. Their values may not even be your values. So why would you put so much weight into these opinions that it's keeping you from taking the path that you want to take in order to achieve the things that you want to achieve. And again, the sooner that you can realize that you are not subject to the opinions of other people and you can live authentically as yourself, that's a great place to be. But there is a caveat to this because I don't believe in the mentality of screw everybody, I'm just going to do me. I think that you need things like mentors and good examples to kind of follow and have people in your life whose opinion you value. Not necessarily to take it as gospel, but for instance, my dad is someone that I genuinely look up to as a mentor. And so when I have questions or I'm looking for a direction to go with something type of situation that's in my life, whether it be navigating parenting or marriage or my job, He is always someone that I will go to just so he can kind of give me some wisdom and then I can take that into account. Same thing with my mom. My mom's built a very successful business. So when I talk to her about things like, hey, I kind of want to try and turn this podcast into something, I value her opinion 
with regards to how I should be going about trying to make that happen. So I suppose the reason I value those opinions is because I recognize a certain amount of expertise or they have character traits that I want to emulate. So I'm going to hold their opinion on a higher pedestal than I would people who aren't going after the same things that I'm going after and don't value the same things that I value. And quite frankly, most everybody thinks that people are thinking about them way more often than people are actually thinking about them. But I guess that's just kind of the nature of the human experience, right? Like you walk into a party, you walk into work with a zit on your face, you think that everybody is looking at that zit and talking about that zit in the lunchroom. And dude, nobody cares. It took a lot for me to realize that when it came to starting this podcast. Like nobody cares that Aaron Myers has a podcast. Nobody is sitting down with pen and paper trying to write out all the things that they want to criticize me over for the things that I say on this podcast. There's not going to be a weekly meeting where people sit around and talk shit about the stuff that I'm talking about on here. That's just not a real thing. And if it became a real thing, bro, that means I made it. So (laughs) bring it on. But I had to come to the realization that I was doing this for me. I'm doing this because I find this to be fulfilling and a fun hobby. So moving on to number three. And number three is the idea that you need to learn how to be your own best friend. And what that means to me is prioritizing yourself, treating yourself like you're someone that you actually love and care about. And one way to kind of do that assessment is just do an inventory on how your inner voice is talking to you. And if you take the time to do that, to ask the question like, man, is my internal voice being encouraging? Or is it constantly tearing me down? Is it talking to me like I would want a friend to talk to me? Or is it disrespecting me all the time? And what I found was that my inner voice was more of an enemy than a friend. It's almost like I was listening to the voice of the devil instead of being more in tune with the voice of God. That verbiage makes sense to me. And what that looked like was having an internal monologue of, you are worthless, you haven't accomplished anything, you're always going to be worthless, you'll forever be inadequate, and you're never going to figure things out. And if I were to lay that out practically, it would look like me accomplishing something either in the gym or academically or professionally. And instead of appreciating the fact that I'd accomplished this thing, it would be more a sense of, wow, anybody could do this. You didn't accomplish anything by doing this. You don't deserve to feel accomplished because you you were able to achieve this. So you better start looking for affirmation and validation somewhere else. And I struggled a lot with the idea that, hey, maybe that negative self-talk in that incredibly critical inner voice was something that was helping me propel towards being a better version of myself. But I found that high performers that I've read about talk about how important it was to get right with that inner voice and to ignore the negative self-talk and be encouraging. Like, you can't accomplish this. Good job for what you've built back here. There's still more work to do, but they allow themselves to appreciate the fact to appreciate the fact that if the version of you from a year ago could see what you've accomplished and where you are at today, they would be proud. 
And that's a good first step in developing a healthy sense of identity and a healthy view of yourself. And if you don't have a good view of yourself, if you have a negative self-perception, then you are going to be more liable to fall into the trap of being held hostage by the opinions of other people because you don't even value your own opinion of yourself or your opinion of yourself is so low that when other people offer criticism that is, you know, either warranted or not, you're going to be more likely to not be able to stand up for yourself in a spiritual sense. Like you're not going to be able to take that criticism and internally be like, they don't know what they're talking about. Like, I love myself. I, and I don't think that, that that criticism is a fair judgment of my character or just me as a holistically as a person. And I feel like I'm kind of having a difficult time really articulating what I'm trying to say in regards to trying to become your own best friend and having good positive self-talk. But a story that relates to this, I was training jujitsu at a small academy and I had one partner who was this 19-year-old kid who, fresh out of high school, had started his own cleaning company, had a number of employees. He was, I mean, he got out of high school and he started his own business and was, I mean, he's self-employed at 19 years old, which I just found to be incredible because that that was not at all what my path was. I took the very, I mean, the pretty typical path of high school, college, career. And I just thought that that's the way it had to be done. But anyway, so... He and I were preparing for the Revolution Jiu-Jitsu tournament, and we were sitting on the mats having a discussion, and I was telling him, dude, I'm super anxious and nervous to do the tournament. I feel like I suck. I am totally worried about going out there and just getting completely demolished. And I asked him how he was feeling, and he said something akin to, bro, every day I wake up, I tell myself I'm a winner. And I couldn't identify with that at all because every day I wake up, my inner voice tells me I'm a loser. <laughs> but anyway, so me and this 19-year-old kid, shout out to Anthony if you're listening to this, he totally changed my, my perception of myself. And that conversation is what ultimately led me to doing an inventory of my self-talk. And so I guess we'll stay with the jujitsu since that was the context of the conversation but instead of going into jujitsu thinking like dude you suck you're gonna get crushed it's more focused on the good things like going into jujitsu thinking man if the version of me if i could go back in time when i first started jujitsu and tell that person hey bro you're gonna have your blue belt like i would be so stoked and so i try to keep that in mind that yes there's more work to be done you can always be doing better but just realizing how far you've come and thinking of yourself in a positive way and saying like, you know what, I'm going to get this done and I'm going to be a winner. Like even if I have these failures, I am going to be failing forward into turning myself into the most optimal version of myself that I could possibly come up with. And that shift in my internal dialogue has completely changed my life for the better. It's like I rediscovered this sense of self-respect and it makes my days much happier. I feel like I'm able to live in gratitude a little bit more and I genuinely feel like I could accomplish anything I put my mind to because like Anthony said, now I tell myself every day I get up that I am a champion and every day I am working to manifest that. It is incredibly empowering. 
And now that I'm coming towards the end of these three points, I'm kind of realizing that what they all have in common, at least to me, is that if you are able to take these points and apply them into your life, you are going to feel much more encouraged and have the self-confidence to pursue the things that you want to pursue and truly be authentic to what you find valuable and meaningful. Because guess what? And this is a quote that I'm stealing, but in three generations, everybody who knew us is going to be dead. And that includes the people whose opinion stopped you from doing what you wanted to do all along. And I think that's a good place to stop. If you want to get into contact with me, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is Aaron Myers 190 or you can email the show at theimperfectpathpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you guys just to get some criticism or some suggestions for what you guys might want to hear in the future or if you think that like the 20-minute mark is too short and I need to expand on stuff a little bit more, I think the solo show should be a little bit shorter. Nobody wants to hear me drone on for 40 minutes. They will probably get longer as I start to get guests on the show, but I think we'll keep it short and sweet. So if you'd be so kind as to subscribe to the show and leave me a review, that would be awesome and incredibly helpful. God bless, and don't forget to do the work and stay on the path.